0: Y'all heard me talk about this a couple of different times that me and Tommy don't talk during the week as far as what he's going to play or anything, but I was in the sanctuary this morning singing that song. And uh, I don't know about you, but I I know how I am, so all I can ever speak to or, or talk to, preach to pray to, whatever, is is me, what goes on with me, what goes on in me, what I fight with, what I struggle with. And there were times, there still are times in my life that I feel that I'm so beaten down and I feel so overwhelmed and overloaded that there's nothing left in me. Have you ever been there? That you just feel like, that you just, you pretty much jump out of bed and you say enough's enough, I'm done. Or you come home from work and you go, I just can't take anymore, I'm, I'm done. You might even look at your husband or your wife and say, that's it, I'm done, I can't take anymore. This morning was supposed to have been a sermon on the next breath about Jesus when he died, and in his next breath, what all took place. And I got spun around this morning. And I'm not going to be talking about the next breath. But I I want people to understand and people to know that Jesus just didn't raise himself from the dead. Do you really understand that Jesus also in your baptism, raised you. And he shows us in about 15 hours of what it takes us a lifetime to learn. He shows us how to overcome what he faced and what you and I will face. And he done it within a matter of 15 hours on the way. To hang in his head and saying, Father, I commit my spirit to you. So this morning, if you're struggling with, I can't do any more, or I can't go on, there's too much weight, there's too much worry, there's too much anxiety there's too much ridicule, there's too much making fun of, there's too much mocking, there's too much persecution. I've got good news for you this morning. Hope is on the rise. Amen. Amen. So before you sit down, just look at your neighbor and just tell them, I'm on the rise. I didn't get a whole lot of time to to dive into this, um, for some of you it might be okay or it might be good, and for others it might not be as good. But we want to go over some things on Resurrection Sunday that I, I believe is, is, very, is very important to me. I'll put it that way. It's very important to me as, as I was thinking, as, as, as I was meditating and looking at what took place in Jesus prior to him dying. Can I, can I tell you that the easiest thing that Jesus faced possibly could have very well been the point where he said, Father, how many of you, okay, maybe you don't understand that. How many of you know it's a lot easier for you to give up than it is for you to keep going? Okay, nobody in here quits, right? You, you're in church, it's Sunday, and it's resurrection. Don't be caught lying today. Everybody in here, we have found it easier for us just to throw in the towel, if you will, and say, I'm done. We've, we've quit a job. Some has quit relationships. Some has quit just hobbies. Anybody ever got frustrated with something? Tommy, I'm, I'm surprised Tommy's still fishes. Because I don't fish all the time, and I can go out and spank him every time we get on the water. I'm surprised he hasn't quit yet, but I think he's still got just a little bit left in him. He's He's still practicing. Time's up, preacher. But in life, we are faced with so many different various trials and tribulations that, man, it would be a lot easier if we was just to quit. But can I tell you that during this time frame that Jesus was walking this two and a half, three mile course. I wonder if it crossed his mind to quit. Now I have to go back and weigh scripture with that because he was fully God and fully man. So if he was ever to experience what we experienced, I would have to say the thought crossed his mind to know what he knew about you and I on his way to the cross, if it were you that were on your way to the cross, knowing that the people you were about to hang for and die for would never serve you in the capacity in which it deserved, many of us would have said, no thank you, God take me home. But not Jesus. Man, we've been talking about, and Debbie keeps thinking that we're, we're in this season of forgiveness, and I'm really starting to believe this because we struggle with forgiveness. We, we struggle with forgiving one another. We struggle with forgiving ourselves. We struggle with forgiveness. And it's such a vital, it's a vital instrument when it comes to you living out your freedom in Christianity. Being a Christ follower, being a disciple, we have to learn to forgive. And Jesus shows us this in this 15 hours. So if you've got your Bibles, let's go. Let me me see where we get taken as soon as I can find my seers. Let's go to Luke chapter 24. and I'm going to start at verse 1. I just want to read this account, and then we're going to come back and do what we need to do here. It says, now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning. See, most of us think the first day of the week is on Monday. It's Sunday. (laughs) Well, if we would start off our week. And certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing... The spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. And they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this that behold, I'm starting to understand why there were so many scriptures talking about. How in awe they were, how much in fear they were, how perplexed they were. Because they have just, they watched what this man had gone through. If it would have been anybody else gone through this. If it would have been you and I that would have gone through this. That behold two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth they said to them, "Why do you seek the living among the dead?" Can I can I ask somebody this question this morning? Why do you constantly seek your healing in your ailment? I got to look at it different, I guess. Why do you constantly seek for peace? in your trouble why are you constantly looking for your breakthrough in your bondage you're not getting me why why is it that we constantly stay where we are expecting the different outcome. Why is it that we're constantly saying that I'm going to get this and I'm going to do this. And, I'm gonna, and you haven't changed a thing in your life. Why do you continuously seek the living among the dead? I wonder how long we'll stay right there. Many of us will live our life through right there. Oh, we'll, we'll go to heaven. Because we believe that Jesus is the son of God. We will go to heaven. We believe that God sent his son and that he died and he was buried and he was raised again. And he's sitting on the right hand. We believe all of that. We we In our soul, we are saved. We'll go to heaven, but we'll live a life in bondage. Just like the Israelites did for 40 plus years. Even though they were set free of captivity, they still lived in bondage. So much so that they would... Desire the taste of leeks and onions. Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here. (laughs) Maybe I should have just stayed right there in that and not went any further this morning. Because see, where you're seeking... Some of us are looking for things in our life and things that can't give us what we need. We want the world to give us all the happiness. We want the pretty women to bring us all the joy. We want the handsome men to be all that we've ever needed. Can I tell you, you're living in a world of disappointment and you don't even know it. Because the man and the woman you set beside is going to let you down. The man and woman that you seek and you so desire will betray you. Maybe this is why it's important to forgive. Don't be kicking your husbands. I kind of felt that for a reason women starting kicking and blaming see that's what happened that's why we can't forgive you keep pointing your finger I was told years ago when you point one you got three pointing back at you you better fix you first it's a little more important anyway okay let's go this is not marriage ministry he said he's not here but it's but is risen remember, remember how he spoke to you When he was still in Galilee, saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. And on the third day, rise again. Father, this morning, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the breath of life. Father, this morning, I would ask that as we break bread this morning, that you would feed us. Father, that you would feed us to overflow. God, that we, would, that we would have revelation break through in our spirit and in our mind and in our hearts. God, that we would be able to recognize different things in our own lives. That we may too overcome. So Father, this morning, have your way in us. Holy Spirit, convict us. Convict us. Till our hearts. And as we sow this seed this morning, may it fall on good soil. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Leading up to this point, I just want to go through a few few things that Jesus dealt with along the way. Do y'all remember when all of this started, there there was this man, this man, oh, by the way, that Jesus chose. He chose. He even told everybody that one of you in here is of the devil. He chose this man. This man walked with him for three and a half years. Can you imagine? Do you know just how hard it is when you don't even know how someone will treat you and then they end up treating you the way you didn't expect it? Could you imagine I'm, I'm fixing to help you. Can, can you imagine finding someone, picking someone that's going to betray you and you know it? But you still pick them? Many of you are set beside them. Listen, because we're human, that man or woman's not always going to do the right thing. Mike is going to mess up, Lenore, I promise you. He might be able to fly a plane. But we we all have this thing about us. We're going to fall. We're going to fail. And the unfortunate side about it is we're going to fail to the point where it hurts the one that we love the most. Jesus loved Judas. Many of us can't get that in our head. We don't understand how you could ever love someone that would betray you, we would much rather spend our time away from that person. But Jesus chose to stick with him. Jesus experienced betrayal. See, many of us, would we would give up on a relationship. Boy, it wasn't supposed to be this heavy. I didn't take it this heavy in the office, but I'm getting it heavy now. Many of us... We would choose to disregard that relationship when betrayal comes in. Come on into church this morning. Many of you right now had friends. Some of you have family that betrayed you. And what did you do? Cut the cord, didn't he? You won't talk about that person unless it's bad. Oh, I wish all of you would sit real close to the front this morning. We don't want to be around that person. Anytime we hear of that person's name, we we begin to become angry, upset. Everything in life begins to start pressing in on us. All because of a betrayal. And here's Jesus. betrayed he didn't quit he didn't stop because someone betrayed him he kept on do y'all remember after after he was betrayed by the kiss oh that's that's a problem <laughs> you better be careful <laughs> the ones that kiss you might be marking you. Maybe. But when he was kissed in the garden, do you remember what Jesus told him? I mean, it's it's just real it's just real funny to me how you can sit and watch scripture. If y'all watch soap opera's, Turn the, so, the soapbox off and open up the Bible. There's more soap opera in the Bible than you can deal with. There, there's so much action in the Bible. Pe- Peter cutting people's ears off. There's action in the Bible. There's love story, song of Solomon. Whew, we ain't got time this morning. He comes and he kisses him. And Jesus said friend Whew. calls him friend and he rebukes Peter he calls Peter Satan y'all remember that Peter said no Lord not you you can't die you know, no he said get behind me Satan y'all remember that he rebukes Peter calls Judas friend We thought we were messed up. After he's kissed, then here come the soldiers. They're stepping into the picture now. They're wanting Jesus. Now you have to remember. Now these are Jewish soldiers. The (laughs) boy's gonna get hot up in here today. It was the church. That sent for his crucifixion. It was the one that loved Jesus. Couldn't wait on Jesus. They were reading about Jesus. But yet they send their guards after him. The church. They they take him by his arm. Peter gets a little hot under the collar as normal. Cuts an ear off before Jesus can stop him. I can just see him look at Peter now and go, boy, you ain't learned nothing yet. And put that ear back on the soldier. And on their way, they they go to three trials. Which, by the way, were illegal. (laughs) Boy, the church. Lying, deceiving. The church. Y'all like me now, do you? (laughs) I wonder why we're called hypocrites. And they drag Jesus as they're beating him. Oh, mind you, let me back up just a minute. Because prior to this, Jesus was in the garden on his own, by himself, he takes three people that he thought was the closest to him to help pray and protect him. He come back and check on them. They sleeping. Boy, isn't that just like the great family and friends that we have? All in the time of need when I need you the most. Now, a brother out of town, on vacation, ain't got time. And Jesus is in there pouring himself out. So much so. See the anxiety. When, when, who You might be fighting anxiety in here. Jesus fought it for you. So much so he bled. The Bible says that he bled from his pores. That's an actual medical condition where the capillaries begin to burst because of stress. I mean, we're talking about a man that, that is having his discussion with the father. And he's fighting against his will. See, there's, there's a lot more to it than Jesus just hanging on the cross. Jesus had to go past many, 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 many obstacles. Sometimes I've often wondered God, was that your way just giving him an opportunity to say, cancel it? I'm sure it wasn't, but it was just me. And he's bleeding and crying. And sweating, God, not my, not my will, but yours. God, I, me, personally, I don't want to drink of this cup. Let somebody else drink of it. Can't we find, hey, okay, God, can't you be like you've done for Abraham? Can't you give me a lamb? Can't you let me find one in the bush tucked away? Why do I have to go? But he done it for you. Because he knew that you would suffer. He knew that you would have the anxiety and the stresses of the world. He knew that you was going to have to one day fight and battle your own will. He understands. Aren't you glad we serve a high priest that can be touched by the feelings of our infirmities? He's already been there, done that, baby. He's got a trunk full of t-shirts. He's showing us how to walk this thing out. He's showing us how to die to self. He's shown us how to live for God. He's shown all in a matter of about 15 hours. He's put all this stuff, wrapped it all up for us so that we can see it and follow it. But many of us, we get distracted at the first sign of adversity. When things don't go your way. Way to the wing. You got a bottle? No, not that bottle. She's trying to be nice. But then how many of us stop and give up there? But God, I don't, God, I don't want to go to church. Or God, I don't wanna, I don't wanna be nice. And God, I, I don't wanna have to die to me. And God, I don't want, and and I don't wanna, and I don't wanna, and I don't wanna. And Jesus is showing us the victory of doing it. I wonder how many of us give up? Anybody else thrown in the white towel before? Do you know what I'm talking about? throwing in the white towel. I probably throw it in about 12 times a day. Don't tell nobody. He's stressed. He's gone through anxiety. He's gone through betrayal. Now he's being beaten. I mean, this dude was guilty from the get-go. They're they're already punishing him. On the way to get approval, they're beating him. The the way they talk about that condition of bleeding through the skin and how the capillaries begin to to burst and stuff, the, the, the face would begin to swell the nerve would come real close to the skin and just the touch would be painful. That's how they explain this condition. Just to touch it would hurt. And he's having people grab handfuls of beard, pulling his hair, pulling his beard, slapping him. See, all the men just went, It's easy to bow up when you're sitting here. What if you were sitting there? What if you're going through it? See, that's a a lot of us. we, We will look at other people and go, well, if that was me, I wouldn't put up with that. If that was my husband, I would tell my wife a thing or two. You tried that a couple times, ain't you? That ain't working yet. You'll figure it out. I mean, this is early stages, son. (laughs) <laughs> this is. A, you need to talk to some of the seasoned veterans we already know there ain't no sense in talking that direction just leave it alone go on out in the yard mow grass or do something he's being beaten man Tossled around having to go he, he first stands before anus and he gets him then he goes and he stands before office. He gets with him. Then he has to go to the court. I mean, he's gone through three. And they're constantly screaming, You tell me that you're the son of God. And I think it was office, Or it might have been the Sanhedrin. I told you I didn't get a whole lot of time to dive into this. It was one, I think it was the office that told him that you, by God in heaven, you tell me if you're the Son of God." So basically, Jesus was at a point where he had to speak. And Jesus said, "It's as you've spoken." So the sanhedrin, they charged him with blasphemy. They're beating him still and dragging him yet again. Now they're going to go to the Romans as if the church wasn't bad enough. (laughs) You think you got it bad when you're hurt in church? Go out there and be hurt. Some people say it ain't no hurt like church hurt. I beg to differ because I've been hurt in both places. Hurt is hurt, man. Hurt is hurt. And it's hard to overcome it. But Jesus found a way to forgive anyway. On his way to the Romans now. And he's got to come before Pilate. Now he's before Pilate. Man, he, you got, He's been beaten, slapped around. There ain't been no sleep. There ain't been nothing to eat, nothing to drink. He's on his way. It starts at about, I say roughly about 12 o'clock at night. About midnight is when it all started. And he didn't die until 3 o'clock the afternoon. It's about 15 hours, give or take. And now he's standing before Pilate. And everybody else, and don't you know the church won't lie on him again? They did not offer him up to the Romans as one being blasphemous. They offered him up as being a king of another kingdom that was going to be uh oh. Here comes a problem for the Romans. That's see, would the church have turned that stuff on you if you're not careful? That's why I'm telling you, you better not be following church and religion. You better be in a relationship. Because Jesus is the only one anyway. But here, you've done something wrong in the church according to their eyes. Well, they know they can't convince somebody else on what they believe you to do. I'm not even sure they believed it. But they're not going to try to convince the world of that. They're going to try to convince the world that he's coming against them. So now you have two parties that are split, the church and the world, and they're both looking to try to accuse him of something different. There's a big problem here. Most court cases, that would have been thrown out. You don't even know what you're trying to charge the man with. Is it this or is it that? And he's having to stand and go through this and be ridiculed and in chains and and being beaten and being slapped around and just being embarrassed and humiliated. Pilate says no. Pilate sends him over there too. Now here comes Herod. Y'all ever see that movie, The Passion? Herod was a whacked out looking dude, man. I don't know if that was kind of how he looked, but I was like, that dude weird. But he goes there. And he pokes fun at him. And he says, "I right, get out of here. Go back to Pilate. I don't want nothing to do with it. Because he couldn't find no wrong. So he goes back to Pilate again a second time. In front of everybody. It's getting it gone at him again and again. And Pilate's wife's trying to tell him, Men, sometimes you have to listen. Pilate's wife tried to say, Don't have nothing to do with this. Don't, don't have nothing to do with this. So he thought by washing his hands that he had no part in it. Unfortunately, he still made a decision. He didn't set him free. See, it was something that I learned several years ago about the sacrifice of Christ in comparison to the Old Testament sacrificial lambs there was only one person that could offer up a sacrifice in the Old Testament according to law it was the high priest see this is why this is why the Sanhedrin had to get involved this is why the office had to be spoken this is why he had to go and say this man he had to offer him up as a sacrifice see if, if it would have been Pilate It wouldn't have been the sacrifice, not according to law. And he said, I didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. He wasn't stepping Man, It was so good. Man, the Bible's so good. And he's standing in front of them again. And finally, he says, okay, fine. Take him to be scorched. Come on now. He's gone through stress. He's gone through betrayal. He's gone through humiliation. He's gone through people lying about him. Well, we would have quit. It's, it's just four right now. And he would have already quit. We would have already quit. We'd have quit on the first one. You know, yeah, we would have. You probably already have just because somebody betrayed you. I want to talk to you a little bit about the scourge. Because I want you to understand it. This isn't just somebody getting whipped on a post. It's not what it's about. They say that they strip them down. So all of their skin is exposed. They put them and tie them to a, to a whipping post. One that is a little taller than one on the ground. And they tie their hands up in the air. Here they are exposed. You've got one Roman soldier on one side. One Roman soldier on another side. And here's Jesus. And this is what they begin to use. I'm a little detail. Flogging was a legal preliminary to every Roman execution. So this was, this is what they'd done prior to execution. And in Roman, in, in Roman, they they would, they eliminated or they they allowed the Roman citizens to be excluded because it was so horrific. And the only only reason that they would do a Roman was if they would betray the company of soldiers, if they would turn away from war. Then they would use that for their punishment. Don't you know that this kind of punishment probably could turn a man's heart? just a little bit, if they understood what scourging was, listen. The usual instrument was a short whip with several single or braided leather thongs of variable lengths. They they say it's somewhere between 14 and 18 inches long, and they would vary in length. in which small iron balls or sharp pieces of sheep bones or glass were tied at intervals. For scourging, the man was stripped of his clothing and his hands tied to an upright post. The back, the buttocks, and the legs were flogged either by two soldiers or by one who would alternate his position. So he would flog from one side or flog from the other side. The severity of the scourging depended on the disposition of the lictors. Basically, if they had a bad day, they would take it out on you. And it was intended to weaken the victim to a state just short of collapse or death. And after the scourging, the soldiers often taunted their victim. As the Roman soldiers repeatedly struck the victim's back with full force, the iron balls would cause deep contusions. And the leather thongs and the sheep bones would cut into the skin and the sub-tissues. Then as the flogging continued, the lacerations would tear into the underlying skeletal muscles and produce quivering ribbons of bleeding flesh. Pain and blood loss generally set the stage for circulatory shock. The extent of the blood loss may well have determined how long the victim would survive on the cross. Jesus was severely whipped. Although the severity of the scourging is not discussed in the four gospel accounts, it is implied in one of the epistles. Peter 2.24, a detailed word study of the ancient Greek text for the verse indicated that scourging of Jesus was particularly harsh. It's not known the number of lashes, although we've been taught 39. 39 lashes was a Jewish law. The Jewish soldiers were not beating Jesus it was the Roman soldiers that were beating Jesus. So we do not know. The Roman soldiers, amused that this weakened man had claimed to be a king, began to mock him by placing a robe on his shoulders, a crown of thorns on his head. Now, this is after, you've got to understand now, after they had beaten him and they have turned him and they beaten him again, they beat him on both sides. And the Bible says in in in, 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 in Scripture it says that he was beaten to a place where you could not recognize him. We're talking about a man that has, has set his face aflint and knew that he was going to the cross for you and I and knew that there was going to be things that he would have to face in the meantime to even get there. And he chose... would spit on Jesus and struck him on the head with wooden staffs. Moreover when the soldiers look and this robe wasn't obviously this wasn't going to be a kingly garb. This wasn't something that they went inside the king's palace and got one of his robes and brought out. This was burlap. I don't know if you've ever had burlap or not, but can you imagine burlap being on open source? His entrails hanging, and they wrap him in a burlap. And after wrapping him with this burlap and and constantly staying in his face and still slapping, still pulling at the beard, still hitting him in the head, and then they're going to tear the robe off. They tore the robe from Jesus's back. They probably reopened the scourging wounds. The severe scourging, with its intense pain and appreciable blood loss, most probably left Jesus in a pre-shock state. This condition of, of everything that's taking place. Has rendered his skin particularly tender. The physical and mental abuse method or method out by the Jews and the Romans, as well as the lack of food, water, and sleep, also contributed to his generally weakened state. Therefore, even before the actual crucifixion, Jesus' condition was at least serious. Or possibly critical. This man chose. I can't understand this. It's hard for me to wrap my mind around. This man chose to let someone beat him in such a manner. See, are you understanding? We're we're, we're talking. We're talking about Jesus. We're talking about the only Son of God. The only begotten Son of God. We're talking about Him. That He could have very well looked at the Father and said, I don't want to. But He said, no, I I love Him. I know you're going to hurt me. I know you're going to beat me. I know you're going to mistreat me, but I love you. I know you're not going to always do right by me, but I love you. I know you're going to betray me, but I love you. I know you're going to cause me stress and anxiety and worry and discomfort, but I love you. I'm going to do it anyway. This is the Jesus I'm talking about. And we have our little problems. On why we can't. Not long ago I was talking to you about your bag of excuses. Y'all remember that? Your big Santa Claus satchel. We all got a satchel full of excuses on why we can't and why we choose not to. Can I encourage you this morning? Don't reach in that satchel. Leave that excuse alone. I'd be embarrassed to pull out an excuse. Why I couldn't do this for you, God? Well, you remember, he talked about me. They wore the same shoes I wore to church on the same Sunday. The women get it, the men don't. We don't understand it. We don't look at each other's feet. Some women come to church with two pairs of shoes, Miss Linda. Got one in their pocketbook and one on their feet, and they see somebody wearing the one on their feet, they pull another one out of the pocketbook. That's why they got to go to the restroom powder room. I don't want to take a whole lot of time to read all this. I'm encur- I'm encur- I encourage you to get this and download it on the computer and read it. I encourage you to do it. After his scourging, After his scourging. Then they decided it's time for him to carry his own cross. Now, it was nice of them not to make him carry the whole cross. Because, see, if you knew any, if you understand it and do some research on it, and and this will actually explain some of that to you. but, But the cross itself, the whole cross, would weigh somewhere in the excess of 300 pounds. They would make them carry the cross member of the cross. Now, listen. He's just been scourged. It's not a paper cut. He's got meat exposed. And I'm sure they didn't take time to sand that cross member down and put some real nice poly on it to make it slick. I'm sure it was just as rough cut as they could get. I'm not sure that they went through and just took off all the other limbs. Maybe some of the limbs were sticking out a couple of inches here and there. Oh, that's good enough. Just put it on his back. I and mean, he done this for you. And on his way, he couldn't seem to, to keep it together to carry it. He was just struggling. I think the Roman guards, it wasn't that he wouldn't have finished it. Because I still say he would have finished carrying it. Well, we talking about a man. If y'all think Jesus was some little punk, you crazy. He was a man. Wouldn't none of us have been able to take that on the post? Like I said before, we wouldn't have made it that far. We would have quit at the betrayal. But I think the Romans, they got discouraged and upset because he wasn't moving fast enough. They wanted to help him get the game on. So they found another dude. Here you carry it for him. And all along the way, he's being spit on, he's being mocked, he's been ridiculed. It's called humiliation because it was, that was the road. It was that In the city, people peering out of their their windows, people standing on the side of the street. Come on, we we don't want people to see that we're hurt in any form or fashion. And they are stretching our king in front of everybody to see. He gets to the place called Calvary, Golgotha, the place of the skull. And they talk about running the nails in his hands. I'm going to take some some little elementary Sunday school teaching, and I'm gonna pluck it from your mind this morning. And I want to give you some grown-up stuff. They didn't go to the dollar store and get some little one-penny nail or a trim nail or what, and and put it put it through the skin of his hand. That that's not the way it works. See, these these stakes were known to be square in structure and tapered they were about five to seven inches long they were about three-eighths of an inch in diameter almost a half inch in diameter and they drove those nails not in the hand because they found that if they drove them in the hands That the weight of the man or woman hanging from the cross would pull themselves down and it would rip their hands and they would fall from the cross. No, that was that they couldn't do that. They wanted them to hang until they died. So they found a way that they would put the if you would touch the top of your wrist, you'll feel a little soft spot on the top of your wrist. That's where that nail was driven. I did say it was driven, right? It was beaten. I'm sure the first one didn't just take all the pain away. Now see, there's a nerve that's in there too. And they say this nerve, it probably punctured or it would sever or it would do something to that nerve. And it would cause sharp pains to go up and down the arms. But they nailed his hands to the cross, turning him over and beating the nails down so that there was no way of escape. They got him stretched out limb to limb. They take forks. See, on the smaller crosses, they could go and lift him and set them on top of the cross. He was on the taller cross. He was in the center. And they would take forks and sometimes ladders and grab him and walk up and hang that cross portion across the cross. Now you've got to understand that he's got nails in his hands. The weight of his body is now in his wrist. And he's dangling. Until they can get the other nail. Oh, there wasn't that pretty little picture that we see with a seat so they can rest every once in a while. There there wasn't that extra little stirrup on the bottom of the cross so that he could stand and pick himself up. That's very important. Dangling. Holding by his wrist. And all the time he sees your face. And they grab yet another nail. And they take one nail. They overlap his feet. And drive the nail through the top portion of his feet. And fasten it to the cross. But it not, it's not. they fasten it in such a way that he doesn't have weight on it. His knees are kind of turned to the side. His feet are crossed over and pushed up. So he's more hanging, oh, this looks comfortable. He done it for you. He still chose to do it. They talk about the crucifixion. And they talk, y'all have heard the, the name excruciating. You've heard that term, excruciating. It comes from crucifixion. It's the pain in which someone would experience while being crucified. So before you say the next time, man, that pain was so excruciating. Check your language. You have no idea what it is to hang from a cross. And while he's there, they say that all you can do is shallow breathe. It's only from the diaphragm. And all you can really do is take a breath in. You can't really exhale. Most people die of suffocation from a crucifixion. Because they can't breathe. So every time that he has to breathe, you got to remember, this is very important. He spoke seven times from the cross. When you speak, you have to exhale. Oh, Pastor, I can't tell him. I forgive them because it hurts so bad. Can you imagine how much it must have hurt Christ when he stood and said, Father, forgive. Because he had to stand. He stood on the nail. It's not the simple man pull-ups. He is stretched go to the gym and do pull-ups like this and tell me how easy. Oh, do it in good shape and tell me how easy. And every time he spoke, he had to stand and pull himself up. Next time you say that you can't because they hurt you so bad, remember how bad it hurt you. I hope you walk out of here today and you open up your bag of excuses and you sprinkle them along the freeway on the way home. Never once did Jesus give an excuse. But he was God. No, he was fully man too, brother. Don't get it mixed up. Anything you choose to do, you can do it. You just don't choose to. You forgot what it is to die to self. So that you might live for others. Standing up every seven times. Just to speak. Oh. We forgot that he was scourged before he went to the cross. So every time that he would stand, I'm sure it wasn't just the nails that hurt. <laughs> See, the cross represented sin. Do you know how much sin hurt Jesus? Wounds open. entrails falling out. And he's scraping. Every time he went up to say, I love you. And every time he went back down. I'm trying to get you to understand... That Jesus just didn't die on the cross and raise the Sunday morning with daisies all around. Jesus went through pure hell before he even went to hell. Oh, see, uh-oh. What do you mean Jesus went to hell? Well, he had to go down there and slap Satan, right? He, had, he did have to go down there and slap him to let him know that I ain't dead, I'm living. And when I come back, oh, it's on <laughs> But he went through everything for you and I. And he he chose to do it. His mama didn't tell him that he had to. His daddy didn't tell him that he had to. He chose to do it. You have to choose. See, we forget about all of that stuff. When when we're talking about Jesus in church, we think that as long as we accept Christ into our life, everything is fine and well. Can I tell you that you're going to go through some things in life where you're going to be scourged, where you're going to be humiliated, where you're going to be betrayed, where you're going to be hurt, where you're going to be lied to. And you're going to have to make a choice. Man, if choices were easy, everybody would make them. That's why you got some people that make big money because they make all the choices for everybody else that don't want to make choices. I tell people, I tell you, if you want to make big money, be willing to make some hard decisions. (laughs) It's not easy. It's not easy to to go and tell someone that you forgive them, whether they, uh uh-oh, whether they apologized or not. See, we want to hang on to that deal. We want to pass that judgment to somebody else Well, they didn't come and ask for my forgiveness. They don't have to. But you have to forgive. So I wonder how many of us are struggling. I wonder how many of us have been beaten down with life and everything around it. We're to the point, man, we're done. We want to give up. We want to give in. I'm challenging you this morning because he didn't give up on you. You shouldn't give up on him. Does that mean you're not going to fail? Uh You're going to do some stupid stuff. You're going to make some dumb decisions. It's going to cost somebody some pain. It's going to cost you some loss. These things are going to happen. But see, when he arose, when Mary goes looking for him, and they go, why are you looking for the living among the dead? When he came up, he brought all of our victory with him. I don't know how else to put this. Why do we have to make it so complicated to serve the one that was willing to do what we just talked about? Why is it so hard? You worried about what he's going to say? Oh, you worried about what she's going to feel like? Oh, you're, you're worried about what she's going to say about what you're wearing? Oh, we're... You don't want them to talk about where you go to church. Oh, you, you don't want to be known as the freaks, the holy rollers. You know what I don't want to be known as? I don't want to be known as the one that has to be spoken to depart from me. I never knew you. See, we, we, don't, we don't take this stuff to heart anymore. Because we've heard, we've heard it preached time and time again. And now it's gone from preaching about everything that he did for us. Everything that he's already done for us. The good news. The gospel. That he chose to die for you. He chose to forgive you while you were yet sinners. Christ died for you. We we have gone from doing all of that. And now, pastor, you got to make me feel good before I leave church. If you don't make me feel good, I got to go to another church so I can feel good. Because I had a bad week this week. And I'm down on myself. And I need to feel good. Can I tell you something? I want you to get into Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I want you to read about the man that had a real bad 15 hours. Well, did you notice? Did you notice his ministry? The closer he got to God, the smaller his circle was. I wonder what the conversation would have been in the Garden of Gethsemane if Peter, James, and John could have stayed awake for just fifteen minutes. I wonder what the conversation would have, would have. I wonder what it would have been if Jesus would have stayed outside with them (laughs) it's like this it's just like some of the conversations that you're having now with people in your life i don't know why you're going to church man ain't nothing ever changing and it ain't going to get any better i mean shoot you was doing that even when you was a sinner i don't know why you believe that stuff in that book it was just written by man Come on, this, These are the conversations that you're having with your friends and your family, the ones that, that say, hey, man, the world has got all this to offer and you're still tied up in church on a Sunday morning. Listen to Big Mouth preach. I'm sure that conversation, man, Jesus knew what was up. He said, boys, y'all just stay right here. I, I got to go take care of business. I got to go make big big boy decisions. I don't have time for your... Come on, Jesus, can't we go I'm tired. I mean, we've been up all day. It's like some of y'all right now. Can't you just be quiet so we can go home? We've been here for over 30 minutes. Gosh, this is serious. There was a contract written that day, and it was signed in blood. This isn't meant for no guilt trip. ain't got nothing to do with that. This is all about understanding a relationship with someone that loves you no matter what. Because look, I'm I'm probably the biggest hellion up in here. I'm just going to tell you. I'd have been there and done it. If if God had enough grace for me, Mm -hmm. he got it for you. I'm just telling you. He chose us. Knowing how I've treated him, I wouldn't have chose us. The garden would have been it. I'd have said, deuces, you're on your own. Figure it out. Hope to see you. I wouldn't have wanted to go through that. And I'm sure he didn't want to. But he chose to. So when we talk about Jesus rising from the dead, Jesus didn't just race from the dead of an accident. Jesus rose in victory over death, hell and the grave. All of your afflictions, all of your anxieties, all of your problems, all of your illness, all of your sin, he raised with that in his hand. He's got the victory to that. And then when we are baptized into Christ, guess what we get? Come on, we're heirs with Christ, aren't we? The power that he holds in his hands to overcome, guess what he done? He sent it to us through his spirit. And many of us, we're trying to do this thing on our own. We're trying to do it like this. Because we don't want the Holy Spirit. Because that's of the devil. That's what we tell people all the time. Holy Spirit, that's that's of the devil. You can't be speaking in tongues stuff, that's of the devil. But can I tell you that the only way that you're going to be capable of walking out a Christian life in all power and authority is through the Holy Spirit? Because it's He who empowers us. It is the Holy Spirit who seals us. And we try to do it on our own. We go to regulatory church. Walk 15 paces today, no more. Y'all think I'm lying, don't you? Look, they they put all kinds of I don't forget how many laws six hundred and something. I mean, they wrote all kinds of craziness. Now, can't eat this, you can't drink that, you can't walk here, you can't go there. On this day, you better not even breathe. You better hold your breath. You can breathe five times a day on this. Day, that's it. I mean, they just they made it harder and harder and harder and harder just so that they could keep you in bondage. That's why I don't like religion. Don't tell me what. it easy pastor who's at the Harley store the other day? and I was walking and she said you want to try that I said nope I'm trying to keep my hands in my pockets because I don't want to get in trouble just leave me alone <laughs> find a relationship with the one that loves you That truly loves you. Now I'm not saying you can't don't not be married, not, get married. It's it's fun. It's challenging, but it's fun, right? Just don't say nothing right now. She's right beside you. <laughs> it's challenging. But it's fun. And men, we so hard headed, we needed them. God looked down at us and said, you poor pitiful soul, you can't do this by yourself. i got to bring you a woman. Amen. He said, now go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's how much he loves us. Don't ever forget that. I want you to celebrate his resurrection. That's, I want you to celebrate that, but I want you to understand what it was that he overcame. What what did he rise from? There's more to it. And if he can do it, you can do it. He's empowered you to do it by his spirit. Don't give up on him. Will y'all make that promise? Can you make that promise to him? Don't, Don't make it to me, make it to him. God, I won't give up on you. God, I might fail. I, I might even put the Bible down for a day and won't even open it. I, I might do that. I, I, God, I, I might not. I might not take communion, but but once this month. God, I might not do this, but I'm not going to give. I promise you. I promise you, I'm not going to give up on you. I'll, I'll give up on people. I'm not going to give up on you, because sometimes don't you? Boy, people will wear you out, girl. If you keep on, they just. leech Christians they just suck the blood right out of you just take all your energy and don't do nothing don't change nothing but Jesus done it for us man I don't know what better way to end a resurrection Sunday by knowing what Jesus went through and what he rose from and he said that I can take part in it I don't have to go through everything that he went through the way he went through it. But there's going to be things in life that I'm going to have to face because it's just life. So don't give up on Jesus. Remember this. You're on the rise. You can be down today, but you're on the rise. You can get back up tomorrow. Quit listening to the religious people that keep telling you, why do you keep going back every Sunday? You live like hell on Monday and Tuesday. Why do you keep going to church on Sunday? You don't go on Wednesday. Why are you going on Sunday? Quit listening to the nonsense. Get yourself in church. You better stop sitting at home watching. You better get into the corporate body. It ain't gotta be here, be anywhere, but you better go. By Facebook, by YouTube.